and welcome back to another episode of our Scranton Talks podcast. My name's Desiree, and I'm so glad you can join us again for another episode. If you're new to the podcast, if, you, if you're an aspiring filmmaker, if you love films, if you're new to filmmaking, if you're a seasoned film industry professional, or if you just love podcasts in general, this podcast is totally for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with other filmmakers about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the independent film creative hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania, as I'm sure most of you have probably knew already. Uh, With my good friend, Luz Cabrales, and myself, we founded the independent film creative hub, which is geared to helping those in Northeast Pennsylvania and beyond to reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. And I'm so glad you can join us for another episode. In today's episode... We sat down with actor, writer, director, and filmmaker Tara Godomsky. A little bit of background on Tara. Tara is a 2019 Sundance Night Fellow. She is a filmmaker, actor, and journalist. In 2017, she was invited to the Sundance Institute Screenwriting Intensive in Philadelphia with her feature-length screenplay, Mother Mary. This led to the 2019 Sundance Night Fellowship. Previously produced writings include The Offering, which was best play of the Network One Act Festival in New York, the web series A Lady's Guide to Making Conversation More Interesting, and many audio plays for the podcast Jest. The short films include Signs of Aging, was Tara's debut as a writer-director. The film celebrates diverse women over 40. In 2020, Tara wrote directed, edited, and produced the short film I See You Now, set on video calls and created entirely during the coronavirus lockdown. Her screen acting credits include Orange is the New Black, Emergence, The Blacklist, and Blue Bloods. She regularly works as a journalist for the BBC radio programs in the studio and Outlook. She also teaches improv to students in Philadelphia and public schools through the Unscripted Project and has helped create training and fundraising videos for several other nonprofit organizations in Pennsylvania. And Luce and I were so glad to get Tara to sit down with us in November for an interview. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Scranton Talks. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll leave it out to Desiree. She's gonna start the yeah, show those, and, those and go from there. Look really great. Yeah, they look really great, Tara. And then uh, our first question to start off is: How did you get started in filmmaking, and what was your journey like into that? Uh, a little circuitous, you know. I sort of came to it a little bit later. Um, well, a lot later, I guess, in life. Um, I had originally studied um, international affairs and journalism, and but had always loved acting. But you know, I think a lot of times like we see we I didn't I went to I grew up in um as you said northeastern Pennsylvania actually in Lake Ariel in the very small part Wayne County um I went to Western Wayne High School and um I didn't know anybody who was an actor or a filmmaker I mean it was just unheard of right but I really liked doing anything I could um you know in acting and sketches and my sister would put on plays in the in our backyard and things like that but um you know I didn't think it was any kind of possible career choice so I I went into international affairs and journalism which also was kind of out there as well um and I I was working for the BBC and actually was in London um in my uh late 20s and thought I just can't not do this anymore I I really wanted to do this my whole life and I'm living in London and I just 
I have to, this is the best place to study theater in the world. So I went back to school um, at 28 and um, studied acting. And um, so I have a fruit fly in my right oh. <laughs> the fly he's, trying, he's the drama, the drama queen. The drama queen, right? To get in, in the, um, anyway, um, so my... Um, so I went back to school and I, and I started as an actor and I worked for a while in London in theater, came back to the U S and did a lot, got into, got into film and TV where, you know, slowly and start, finally started booking a few, um, you know, you know, smaller roles and TV shows. And, um, but also at the same time was writing because, um, I guess I had those skills from journalism, partly, you know, knowing, um, some of the basics of writing, but then also, you know, because there were stories that I wanted to, be in that I wasn't being cast in. That's kind of a common way that I think a lot of actors get into writing and, and directing is there's a story you want to tell, a character you want to play, but um, you know you haven't been cast in that role, so you start writing yourself. So I was um, started writing like sketches, like little web series, and then we uh, with other friends, other actor friends, we just started making them. And those are the kind of things you can still do fairly cheaply with friends, you know, getting together and. <laughs> asking for a lot of favors and, um, you know, like I said, making comedy sketches, filming them and, and, um, and putting them on, um, you know, on the internet. And then finally it was in 2018. Well, 2017, I, I started writing feature films, um, you know, 2016, 2017, doing readings of them, really getting, um, getting a lot of feedback. And when I first got into the Sundance screenwriting intensive, in 2017, that was before I had the Knight Fellowship, I thought I really got to start directing to really be taken, you know, to, to really take this to the next level. Um, and so that's when I directed my first short, Signs of Aging, um, which Luz helped on. Um, that was the, was the first sort of like, even though I directed some sketches and web series that I did with my friends, right. Signs of Aging was a much bigger deal with a pretty big crew and... Um, that was sort of the next level. So then I did that and then eventually got the Sundance Fellowship and then started directing more films. So yeah, just, you know, step by step, there wasn't any magic um, thing that happened. It was just constantly trying to find opportunities. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so, so we'll break, we'll break it down, right? We'll break down okay, your so journey. Yeah, that was a very long answer. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That was perfect. We'll break it down and we'll start with, uh, because you got started in journalism, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, now how you said, you know, like, I want to do a little bit of this. Now, did you do any theater uh, before you did any on-screen work for a, as an actress? Absolutely, yes, because where I, tra I trained in London, and it was a very theater-based training. It was a drama school. Um, it was very theater-based. Wonderful thing about training in London, too, certainly at that time in the early 2000s, um, it was not expensive. Um, a lot of education was quite subsidized then, um, so I was able to study at night um, and work during the day. I, um, I Then I started yeah doing a lot. I mean, so much, my, so much fringe theater, um, you know, uh, in, in London. And, and it was great because we would do, you know, put up, uh, there's a lot of, in London, a lot of theaters above pubs. So I'd be in a, in a play above a pub. I was at the Edinburgh um, Fringe Festival with a, a new musical that I helped write with some other people. Um, we, um, 
I mean, so many. I, I worked as a, at an amusement park outside of London as a flamingo, oh, wow. uh, which is a form of theater. It's own interactive theater. Right. It's it's that was probably the hardest job I've ever done. That is no joke. Those characters, that character work is no joke. But you look, I did kids parties and guest characters. I did everything, um, and um, yeah, and then I, I didn't really start doing. Film and TV, sort of later on in London, I, I got a, I booked the first thing I ever booked um, that was like a TV thing was a drama a reconstruction, like a crime um, show where they would reconstruct the crime. And I, and I got it was a night, it was set in 1910. And I got this is horrible. I, the, the woman, it's a true story, was like killed with like a crank of a car crank. And so we did that. I mean, that was the character I played, and that was involved a lot of special effects. So that was interesting and dumb. Yeah, then just started doing small parts in films. So when I came back to the U.S., that's when I really made a concerted effort to work in film and TV um, and join the unions and everything like that. Oh, that, yeah, well, that's that's a good uh, way to follow up this question because uh, we, uh, you know, we all we've been hearing about is the union, right? And you know, like a lot about uh, you know working conditions, things like that. But uh, without getting into much of that, just to trying to get into the union, right? Uh, we have a lot of uh, friends that are actors, uh, actresses that are trying yeah, to make... a couple people who are, like, trying to work their way into SAG and kind of maybe want to explain, like, how's the process of getting a membership in SAG? Right. Great. Yeah, absolutely great, yeah. And I, th that's a great goal, and I definitely had that goal myself when I came back to the U.S. Um, there's several different ways to do it. Um, I had, uh, I would say, too, that, like, a lot of the, the advice people give is don't, in a way, get in too early because once you're in um, SAG-AFTRA, you can't work non-union. Um, right. So once you're in it, you can't uh, even, you know, the, what's great about them is they have all kinds of contracts so you can make your own things, make your own projects and things right. like that and still be under a SAG contract. It's not, it's, it's, it's not um, a huge burden financially for producers to make a SAG film at all, um, right. to be honest with you, but it's a lot of paperwork, but that's, that's not a huge problem. As Luz knows, I gave it a lot of the SAG paperwork, but, um, I, um, so there's several reasons, but I would say don't get in too early, like in a way, like do like non-union films and, 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 um, student films until you feel like comfortable and have like built you know a few until you built comfort on screen because once you're in then you're if you're auditioning for um sag films and tv and commercials um you might be auditioning with people who have had years of experience decades of experience um so you want to make sure you're ready to join the union um and i want to say that you know that that's um it doesn't mean that you're, it means you're good in your union and not good at all. It's just a matter of like, right. it's an apprenticeship, right? Just like, a, it's a trade. It, that's, it actually is a guild, the, the Screen Actors Guild, right? That's like a trade, just like, um, excuse me, in the old days with like, um, <laughs> sorry, I got, I'm getting so excited. Inside that's all right. Emotional. Hey. <laughs> Doesn't really, but, um, we want to be excited, and we want to be excited about what you're doing. So this is this is great. <laughs> so I would say, yeah. So make sure you're ready. It's not about being good or bad. It's just about having the experience, so you can be auditioning with people who have had years, decades of experience. If that makes sense. Um, no, no, that definitely makes sense. And so, how do you get into that? Uh, okay, so you want to be an actor. You want to be an actress, right? You start doing a little bit of independent film, maybe some commercials, anything you know, normal. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, smaller. And then I heard that do you need a manager, do you need an agent to kind of get you into that, or can you do it alone? 
Um, yes, and the thing about acting is there's like literally no playbook. It would be so much easier if there was, right? Like right. any other career, like there's a ladder you go up. There, there isn't. So it's yes, no, yes, and no. I mean, certainly agents and managers, which have both, give you some access to auditions and projects that are harder to get access to without, but it's not impossible to. So um, just to, to go back to how you can get into sec two with like, so if you're doing, let's say you're doing projects, which is great, like, like around Scranton, there's so many fantastic projects going on. You have such a great community of people honing their craft, you know, doing right. short films and even feature films and commercials in the area that they're honing their craft. So like, okay, I'm ready to, to join SAG because I really want to be doing this. You can get into SAG whatever without a manager or agent. It's a little, it can be a little costly because I think the initiation fee is a little expensive. Um, now it, it was less when I joined, but um but you know, you can save up for that. That's another thing you can be doing while you're um, while you're um, honing your craft. And then there's a couple ways in. Uh, if you can either, if you book a side job um, on a particular level budget film, um, then that will be the the producers have to file um, like a, some paperwork saying we hired this non-union actor because they're the right person to do this. And a lot of times that will happen in areas like Scranton where there aren't a lot of, you know, union actors. And so you right. get like, you know, you get your, um, you get in that way, you, booking a principal role. Another, but that's kind of like, you know, still a lottery. That's kind of hoping you might get this principal role. Another way, and this is, this is, I have, this is the way I did it is you, I did um, background um, until I got, once you do three background jobs as a union actor, then you are eligible to join. Yeah, that is hard work. Um, I mean, I had a little strategy, but I did it for about a year. And I, at the end of the year, I made it. So you have to, they, so how this works is, and um, stop me if this is getting too no, no, inside no. baseball. Okay, this is so, perfect. <laughs> so you can, um, so the union has to hire, um, depending where they are, you know, has to hire a certain, like if they're in New York City, there's, a, they have to hire union background and, um, and then after like X number, they can hire non-union because that's cheaper than non-union, but you have, they have to hire, it's like 50 or a hundred. I can't remember the exact number. It's depending on the budget size. Right. And then if you're within certain miles of New York City, um, you, you have to hire that um, number. But if you're um, outside of a certain zone, right? And I think, I believe Scranton is one of them. You can say, you know, production can say, like, we can't, we don't have enough SAG after um, actors in this area to hire as background. So we'll hire local actors who are non-union and give them, it's called a voucher. And everybody wants the voucher, the SAG voucher, which means you are working that day as a union actor. So you get all of the benefits, the, the same pay and everything like that. And after you've done that three times, you get those three vouchers. So when you've worked as a SAG background actor, then you're eligible to join. Again, I oh. wouldn't do that until you're like ready to work as a principal actor. And I think I've seen that people will get in as a background actor, but like they haven't really done the principal work speaking. And it's not quite, they're not quite ready just with the experience. But if you're doing the background, which is, so I was doing the background strategy. So I would eat, like I got one in Honesdale, which was like my Honesdale oh, Blue wow. Valentine. I bet you a lot people or people are listening here got their uh, one of their vouchers on Blue Valentine. <laughs> yes, yes. Beautiful. I got a voucher um, on um, a, a New Jersey. I got two more vouchers on New Jersey, working in a film where they needed a particular. That's the thing. If they need a particular skill or something like that, sometimes they'll hire a non-union background. Um, 
So um, I tried, I did everything I could. I worked with a lot of non-union and jobs, you know, 80 bucks for 10 hours. It was horrific, but trying to get these vouchers. I did it for you. And it wasn't just about, I will say this, it wasn't just about the vouchers because I was also learning how to be on a huge set. Right. You know, like I did set many days of background as a non-union background actor in those days on Boardwalk Empire with Martin Scorsese directing. Yeah. Now, you can't say I didn't learn something. Now, it's not like he was coming out to me and saying, like, let me show you how this is done, Tara. You know, I was background actor number 243 or whatever. However, I got still could see him work. I could see the, the rest of the crew work. I could see, you know, Steve Buscemi, how he was doing his role, like, you know, and how he was preparing as an actor and things like that. So you, if, you, if you do it with a sense of purpose and don't get involved in the sort of like negativity of it, because it's really hard to be a background actor. You get, you know, treated the worst. I mean, honestly, you get treated worse than like physical props, you know, seriously. Right. And, it, and not by everybody, not by everybody, but, you know. But it's hard work. You, right. It's hard work. It's hard work. <laughs> but you can learn so much. And so by the time, so at the same time, like I said, I was also like doing sketches with my friends and filming things and doing theater. And, and so was all building up plus I had the training of taking classes so by the time you know I was in SAG and then I started auditioning and then you know for the first times I worked on walked in the big sets as a principal actor I was like yeah I've been here before you know this is a background but it wasn't like out of this world to me because you know a huge production you know big budget production is a whole other world but because I'd done that as a background I felt comfortable in it you know right no and that's valuable valuable uh you know experience that even though you're not you know interacting with the director you know uh like in a one-to-one -one situation you're still seeing how the process how are they doing this how is this possible then you kind of learn you know and uh, i tell that to a lot of uh you know aspiring actors and actresses here because it's very easy to get frustrated you know, it's very easy to get frustrated and say, why am I not over there? But it's like, well, have you tried this? You know what I mean? Like, you have to really try. So so this is great. No, I love all the information. Um, so, okay, so now you're working as an actress, and now we're, we're going to go into the Sundance uh, Night Fellowship. Was that the first one that you were offered? How that got, how that happened was <laughs> completely... Uh, so I had a feature. I had a feature film script uh, called Mother Mary. I've since changed the title to A Natural Mother because that's sometimes titles change as things are being developed. Um, but at the time, it was called Mother Mary, and um, I'd written it. It was it's based on a true story that um, somebody told me and gave me permission to write. And um, I'd done a few readings of it with other actors, and you know, was reworking it with feedback and things. And I'm not, I'm, I cannot lie. It was completely luck. I was like scrolling through Twitter one day and saw that Sundance, uh, I was in Philadelphia at that time. Then Philadelphia, that Sundance was coming to Philadelphia in, this was 2017 to do a screen. They were going to select 10 screenwriters and workshop their, um, workshop their, their screenplays. Um, this was the screenwriting intensive. And like, here, here was the link to apply. And I was like, you know, for free to apply. I was like, oh, I'll do it. I have this film script I've been working on. Like, not. Like thinking, what the heck, right? And like, like, like I'd research it. Now I know. Now I have like websites that I go to like once a month to look at like what grants are coming up. What they at the right. time I was sort of it was a lot of luck. And I went and I applied. I sent it in, and um, and I kind of forgot about, it, which is really important. I think a lot of times when you apply for things like that, and even when you audition, you have to kind of do your best and then let it go, or else this industry will will just drive you crazy. So 
let it go. Kind of forgot about it. And they got an email, you know, a few months later saying, yes, you've been invited. So wow. we spent a weekend with um, nine other um, writers here in Philly. And uh, we were workshopping with some Sundance mentors, our, our scripts. Um, and then um, the following year, it's, a, it's sort of a, yeah, in 2018, um, I got a, I mean, I kept in touch. This is a thing. I, I shouldn't say it. it wasn't wasn't just like magic. So after that, I kept in touch with all of those people. I now that I got the, the group of nine of the ten of us that were screenwriters in Philadelphia, I started a group where I like I was like I'm going to be organizer of the group. I'm the, the bossy person. I'm like we're going to meet once a month and continue to work on our scripts. So we like I found a library that we could meet in this in this room and I'd book it and we'd all meet like one Sunday a month and like bring pages in and like read them and give each other feedback. And every time I would do that, I would send a little note to our mentors that uh-huh. had been here from Sundance that are in LA saying like, here's a picture of us. We all met this weekend. It's great. And I kept in touch with them. Sundance said, listen, if you have another draft of your script, you can send it to us. We'll give you notes. Like they're not official Sundance. Notes. They're people who are, you know, the mentors there who are in charge of various programs. Right. So I kept in touch. I did that, you know, built relationship. And you hear that over and over, build relationships and and, you, and I never, I didn't do it with the idea of I'm going to do this to get the fellowship because I didn't even know this fellowship existed. Right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? No idea. I just did it because like they were really helpful people and good people. And I knew that I, the feedback that they would give me would be really helpful and useful. And I wanted also to show them that we were continuing the work that they started with us. And then I got here that I got the nomination. So I had to fill out a bunch of other forms and more info about what I was doing. And uh, at that point, I had already directed Signs of Aging, so I was able to send that in as a director sample. Wow. And um, yeah, and then I was nominated, and then I got it. And so at the, I was at the 2019, next thing, you know, January 2019, I'm going to the, they're flying me to Sundance, Park City. It was like, you know, wow. just Park City, and we were there for a week. We got to, there was, um, three other fellows, um, uh, two from Detroit, one from Miami, this particular fellowship, the Knight Fellowship, um, works with filmmakers who are based in cities that, this is kind of interesting, that the, the Knight um, used to be a big group of newspapers that the Knight family owned, um, and they were in cities like Philadelphia, Detroit, Akron, Ohio, Miami, not LA or New York, which is important. So so they try to find, they support the arts in these, um, in these uh, cities, so... They work with Sundance to find filmmakers. So in not not in New York and LA, basically, right. which is pretty cool. And um, and so um, yeah, so we, we were able to have these meetings. We were they taught us how to pitch our film. They taught us how to, you know, do our like you know quick elevator pitch and like how to do a longer pitch. Where they set us up meetings with producers and um, went to all these screenings. And I mean, the thing about Sundance is there's a lot of like. It's it's tough, like there's parties and stuff, and like a lot. Of, I just stood there in the corner, like drinking a water, you know, because it's like you're like in the. Luckily, I had the camaraderie with the other fellows who were, like I said, from Miami, Detroit, and we were like we're like you know, so other wow. people kind of know each other. But it was great, and again, I kept in touch with everybody, and um, that's been a really big boost because now, like they said to me, make sure you put Sundance Fellow at the top of all of your emails when you're trying to get you know help or funding or get an actor to read your script. So it it does help a lot, but on top of that, more importantly, like the the boost that they gave me to my confidence was huge, you know. And then the continued mentorship in terms of um, just developing my script and even just like industry stuff, I can you know send them an email saying like, "What does this mean?" or "Can right. you tell me explain this?" And it's just been it's been wonderful. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you have built all the relationships, right? Already. And I say it feels like like this lucky out of the blue. Sometimes I think it was what was lucky was that I had saw that thing on Twitter that day. That was where I was lucky. <laughs> I saw that thing in Twitter in 2019 that they were looking that they were looking for applications for the screenwriting intensive. What wasn't lucky, I should say, and I was going to say, well, that was lucky, but I had material. At this point, I had like three feature film scripts I had written. I had, you know, you know, worked in the industry for a while. So it wasn't like I just got lucky and I was no experience, right? It was years right. and years. Of- yeah, you were honing your skills. You were getting better. You were taking jobs here, here and there. And then uh, just for that day, because I know a lot of, you know, a lot of us, that, that's what we need to do. You know, we need to just keep going because, you know, there's those gaps where we're just like, we don't want to do anything. That, that doesn't exist. You got to keep going. <laughs> but signs of aging, I've noticed with watching your trailer, I did watch it briefly. And with I see you now, I watched the trailer. They were very, very good and very thought-provoking. And I know most of your work features women. So how is it important? Is it important for you to touch on the tough subjects related to women empowerment? It's a lot. You focus a lot on women here. In your, in your work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that it's, it, that's, it's nothing really more than that's just what I know, right? If they say, write what you know, and um, I've, you know, cisgendered woman all my life. And so I kind of know what I think about and what my, I talk about with my friends and my sister. And so I kind of write what I know. And um, that happens to be with, so, you know, women, female you know, protagonists and often, you know, women older, like over 40 as protagonists. Um, and it, so to me, it, it doesn't feel like a radical, like political act. But then when you look at the figures and the statistics, you realize it is because like I was, there's the women in uh, television and film, um, the Center for the Study of Women in Television and Film. Uh, I think it's out in San Diego. They're really good. Every year they put this, you know, survey together. And, you know, last year, 2020, just female protagonists in films. So, like, the one driving the story is just, like, 30%. So, it's 29%. So, 71% of all the, the people driving the story, the protagonists are male in, in sort of the big you know, Hollywood films, the top grossing films. And then, you know, you look at the the number of direct, of course, that's probably because, you know, when you're looking at the, you know, the number of directors, you know, which in um, 2019, of the top grossing films, only 11% were directed by women, 19% were written by women. Right. So the numbers are just so low of women behind and in front of the camera in, you know, when you're looking at, like, Hollywood, right? right. And that matters because I mean you know it's it's everybody's saying now and it makes sense that representation matters but you know it really does because just like an idea of like you know a woman um you know in her 40s um not being like a wacky menopausal woman you know what I mean it's right. just having just being a woman who's like living her life is like radical right because it's like up until now it's been this like uh, idea that kind of women, you know, over a certain age became invisible in, in film, right? And that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and it's changing. It's changing um, slowly but surely. But I, I don't do the films I do for, like, this statement, for this political statement. I just do it because that's what I know. And, right. and I'm lucky and um, that I'm able to, to continue to find 
ways to get those stories out there. Um, but it's not because someone's knocking on my door saying, please, can you give us a story about women? You know, because right. <laughs> I'm looking them and being like, watch this, read this, you know? And sometimes you have to do that. You know, you have to say, this is what I made, watch it, and it might change your mind on something. It might not, you know, but, you know, a lot of these stories can change someone, someone. You know, someone's watching, someone's saying, whether it's something like, wow, like she was able to do a film, she's in her 40s, I'm in my 40s, how do I do this? You know, so that uh, that's the kind of stuff that we like to show here. So this is great for that um so tell us a little bit more about um we'll switch into the writing directing of signs of aging and i see you now like your your obstacles maybe like a little bit of uh information on that for for your two short films okay um well writing i find not that it's easy uh, at all but when i feel an idea that both of those films came out fairly easily um it's never easy, but you know, they, they were ideas that I had, and I was able to sort of write them really quickly. I always, always, always um, have my, you know, gather my actor friends on Zoom or in person in the old days, and we read through every you know, script, and then I redraft it, and we read through it again, and I get feedback from them. And, you know, I think that's really important, and, and from other people as well. Um, to, to get feedback. So I think that's really important. So I have like a script that I'm ready to go. Both of those were pretty fairly quick processes, I think, to, to the writing. Directing, well, um, Signs of Aging was tough for me. It was my first big directing thing. Um, the budget, it was like not huge, but it, but because, you know, there's a, lot, I, I, there's a lot of, when I look back now, I'm like, there's so many things I would have done different. So many things I would have done different. Um, one of the things I would not, one of the things I'm very happy I did was because we decided to shoot, I decided to shoot, I was, you know, people always say that we, like we have this big team. It was just me. I mean, there's my team. You decided. Helping me. So <laughs> decision, yeah. So, um, to shoot up in um, Northeastern Pennsylvania because um, I want, first of all, I wanted to, that's where I'm from. I really like kind of, doing that I like kind of highlighting that area um but and also I had the, was able to borrow a house up there <laughs> right another big thing you, <laughs> you know yeah the location right you have resources that's perfect yes. mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um I was very happy I think one of the best decisions I made is I was like okay so I'm just up here I'm having a lot of crew and cast come from New York because those are the people I know, right? I didn't know a lot of people up there um, until then. And so I, I literally looked on the internet. I was like, filmmakers in Scranton. And I found Luz. And yes. I was so excited. And I like sent an email being like, I'm going to this film up there. Do you want to like, come and help, you know, bring some PAs um, and some production assistants? And oh my gosh, you just like pulled out all the stops. And it was a huge help to me. And um, so I think that was really good, having people local to be involved. and. Then, um, yeah, I, I was not, I was not direct. I'm, I'm, I know, I know how to like direct actors. I feel really comfortable saying to an actor, this is kind of what we want from this thing, from this character, from this scene. I don't know uh, lenses and, you know, I mean, I know a bit about angle and color and I've been, since then I've taken a lot of courses to that. So, because to shoot a feature, like, you know, you can't kind of just wing it. Right. Um, I need to, um, so I've actually just, I'm actually just finishing a course um, about visual um, storytelling for directing and, and making a lookbook. And I've learned right. a lot more about lenses and colors then. But, you know, uh, like my friend, friends who are like editors and, and director, 
VPs and stuff saying like, you don't have to know like what lens to put on, but you have to know what you want to see. And you have to tell, right. be able to tell the VP, what do I want to see, you know, and then they can help you with. They do the technical deciding. part of it. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I struggled a lot. There was a lot I, I learned on signs of aging a lot um, because like I said, I was very comfortable with the actors, but I think the other, but, but less comfortable with the technical side. And I think, but I think the biggest thing I learned from all that was sort of, um, I think I kind of let, you know, when you're directing a film you're and producing, I said producing it as well, you know, you're juggling a lot of personalities and egos. And there was so many amazing people that worked on it. And I loved it. And then I obsessed with like the one or two people who weren't happy. Right, right, right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Instead of like, instead of the 29 people that were enjoying the process and got, I was like, obsessed with like why isn't this one person loving every second of this and then I took that on board to be like oh I must be tech and so I would say like you've got to focus when you're directing especially like a first time like that on like the the bigger picture like what are you making you know you're making and if there's if if, you know 28 people are happy and like one person's grumpy focus on the 28 people you know I mean it's it's not it's it's not the one grumpy person is there is their issue it's not you but I I I made that mistake I think on signs of aging so that I didn't have like as much fun on those two days as I should have you know I mean because we were having it was a joy it should have been a joyous occasion you know and it was in many many ways but I I got two in my head yeah no I I I totally understand I mean I had I had uh those uh, those um times where I'm making a film and, and, and someone's not happy and I'm like, why? Like, you know, like I'm trying everything and, and you do get caught up in that and you get caught up in the moment and then you forget why you're there, you know? So, so it's, it's, it's a really great advice to, to say to someone, I mean, you're already making the whole film, you know, the whole aspect, everything, uh, you know, all the aspects of the film and for someone to not be happy, you know, you should not let that uh, say that, they're not happy because your work is bad. You know, they might be having a bad day. They might not be, you know, right for the project. Uh, but it's very good to um, that you bring that up because I have had those, you know, I, actually I still do, you know, once in a while it's like, oh, why is this, why is this not happening? So it's good to know that, uh, you know, you can share those feelings, you know, with someone yes. who's, who's, who's that, that. Um, yes, and I would say that's a really good thing too, Luz. And I, ha- I did have that on Signs of Aging. I had you... I had, um, like, you know, a few other key people. Um, the, you remember, like, you know, my D. Lauren, um, the, the producer, and actually the owner, Penny, right. the DP, Lisa. And they had my back. All of you had my back that I could go, like, ah, to. And I think that's, you really need that people, those people there have your back when you're when you're directing um yeah no, and it's okay you know it's okay to go through that process um as far as isolation just to put that out there i mean that was uh you know a very exciting moment uh, not just for me to help on that film uh and you know like i'm used to doing like the technical part of it the camera all this stuff but one thing i love is and it's gonna sound bad is is the process of it like the paperwork and all that stuff so i really did like that and uh, it was very nice to just stay behind and just see it happen just like you said you know like sometimes you just want to see it happen and be like how is this um going and then i got to meet a lot of people a a lot of uh, creative artists that were there doing the same thing that 
I was doing, you know, and, and it kind of felt like home, right? Because you have, everybody was so excited. And I know that, you know, the people that I brought in got opportunities to do other things after. And now they can say, well, I, I've been on a real set. You know, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. Uh, so as far as collaboration and just being able to form those relationships uh, is very important in this world. You know, like, it, I mean, in this filmmaking, you know, uh, little community. Um, and then again, I know that uh, I have worked with Desiree on other stuff, and now we work on some films together. And so it's sort of like, you know, like a, a nice, uh, I guess, a circle of filmmaking life, right? You just keep <laughs> recycling the same people, and then you put the ones that don't want to be part of it aside, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like that's the idea, right? Just kind of the people you want to work with. Yes. Right. That you don't you don't want that in your life because we already have so much to juggle. You know that you don't want the negativity. Uh, you know to impact. Uh, although sometimes that impacts your work and that you make better work. You know, so it's 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 it's, a, it's a good and bad. Um, but as far as that, I know we were going to check to see if there was any questions on our social media. Uh, if not, uh, I know that um, Desiree had a couple questions. Well, why look uh, through the social medias um, and do that? Um, are you been getting into directing and doing the filmmaking in the process? Are you working on anything new currently? Yeah, I've had some really exciting developments on my uh, feature film. That that's the one that Sundance had supported in development, and I, after many years of rewrites and notes, <laughs> rewrites and notes, it's at the point that it's ready to be made. And in um, what, but one thing I was sort of lacking on was like how to fundraise. So. For this and even really what the budget would be because you know a feature film you know 106 pages and also i'm trying to get sort of two um name star roles you know in, in, in the lead roles um so who might require some more money and so um i in march of this year i got it i, I applied for a grant from the scribe foundation which is a, a filmmaking oh, foundation wow. here in in philadelphia um called the, in the, they have a fund called the independent media fund and what they did is like they will give you a grant if you were saying like i'm in the development of this film and i need to do x you know so i said i need to make a budget for this film and i don't know how i need to like hire a line producer who is experienced you know to do this so i got a small grant um Found a line and a line producer who was willing to do it for again. Again, this is like where, you know, yeah, this is where it's great. Kind of, I you know, being outside outside of New York and LA, it's hard. People, you know, in in Pennsylvania, want to support Pennsylvania filmmaking, and so I don't think you should be not you should be working for no money. That's not all. I think you know we should all try and pay people whenever possible. Um, you know, I haven't always done that and I, and I, I wish I did, but now I always will. But I think that, um, but you know, it, sometimes if you're willing to help, um, you know, support um, Pennsylvania filmmaking, you might, you know, take some, take a smaller um, fee. So she was able to do it for a much reduced fee. She's a very experienced line producer. Oh, very cool. So we put together a budget was just so modest for a feature film of a million dollars. So now it's like, I'm like, I'm going to raise a million dollars. <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, like, um, what's his name? You know, in, 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 um, Austin, you know, a million dollars. It's, it's, what is Austin Powers, right? Yeah. I, th I think so, it is, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, because for this, again, for like a feature film, that's kind of nothing, right? That's not huge, but right. it's humongous for me and it's humongous for a lot of people. Um, but having that budget then has sort of opened up a lot of, and just being able to say, I'm going to shoot it on like a, you know, this type of contract and this, you know, is, is able, has opened up a lot that I'm able to say to people like, okay, I'm looking for funding now. So, and this is what we're doing. So then I'm, um, there's a whole other thing where you get into a film financing, which again, I don't know anything about is like how to do that. Right. When you have investors, it's different from crowdfunding where people donate, which is awesome. But to raise a million dollars crowdfunding is really tough. And also, how many times can you really ask your friends and family for, right. you know, for, for another crowdfunding thing? So this is like getting into investors. So this is this whole other world that's opening up to me. I'm Because I have this line producer, I was able to get a little help on that. I took a bunch of workshops, free workshops myself to learn about film financing. Um, I was, I spoke to a lawyer. It was all who gave me like a half an hour of free chat talking wow. about it, which was great. Again, I found this is really hard to do, but when you ask for help, people usually will give it, right? And again, local, Pennsylvania, I'm Philadelphia, right? It's like, um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm sort of starting down that road. So I started even a blog, which is, will be on my website tonight because I did write it and I just am figuring out how to put it on there. Like, perfect. But if you want to follow the journey with me of how I'm going to raise a million dollars, because I think that film financing is so shrouded in mystery, like these terms like waterfall and co-production and pre-sales. Like, what does that even mean when you, you know, and I'm trying to just get my next freelance gig to pay the rent. <laughs> right. I, what? Like pre-sales? I don't even know. That sounds like too much. Obviously, you need help. You need lawyers. You need a, a producer that knows how to do that. But I'm starting on that journey now. So if you want to follow along, I'm starting the blog, like how to raise a million dollars for a film. Um, and we're going to put yeah. up the website at the end. Cool. So uh, pay attention. Uh, that way uh, we can make sure to follow that and to help you on your journey. Because, again, uh, we are in an area where there's so much talent. Uh, and like you said, but sometimes people don't ask. You know, like people, we're too, we're too afraid to ask for help that we end up missing out on the, you know, the beauty and also all the, uh, you know, the, the relationships that we can make along the process, you know, like mm -hmm. along the way, you know, just to be able to do that. So this is great. Uh, and uh, as far as that, I do have a couple things that says on, on the side. So let me just pull it up. Uh, Mostly, I'm here to talk about home financing. <laughs> there you go. That's our next one, right? <laughs> exactly. So, if anyone out there knows about film financing, <laughs> come over here. Um, so we have Josh Bidwell. I'm sure you remember hey, Josh. Josh. <laughs> uh, he says, Science of Aging was a great experience while helping on set. It was a pleasure meeting uh, Tara and the whole cast of that film. Uh, I believe he did make some great connections then. And um, after that, he was doing some other good stuff. Uh, and some, uh, he's doing some stuff with that acting. Right I, now. I've been watching Josh's stuff. Congratulations. Thanks. First of all, thank you, Josh. And thank you for your help on the film because, again, it was invaluable that all the help I had but you know I think PAs have a rough job and and uh you know to and to be able to um you know here please you know hand out the water run do this thing but to do it with such great um 
added, you know, attitude and it was great. I really liked having Josh and all, all the team from Scranton Films on, on the set. Um, and I've been watching Josh's stuff since then in various films because we follow each other on, you know, on the, the right. socials now. And so I watch his acting. It's really great. So. Yeah. And, and he's getting really, uh, he's getting better. So uh, he did ask, what places or sites can you go look uh, to join SAG if you want to become a member? Or great, yeah. maybe any, you know, things that you can so I would say too. So obviously go to you know the SAG after first and get all the information and you know so that you you see you know how exactly how to get a member, how to be to you know become a member and how much the membership is. Last time I checked, the I think the initiation fee was like forty five hundred dollars. I think you can pay it off over time though. So it's not. It's not I think when I joined, it was like twenty three hundred or something. It was a lot, you know. It's a lot, so you have to sort of save up. But um, in terms of like if you want to do that. So there's two, you know, couple ways I talked about is like getting either a role, a speaking role in a SAG film, right? So keep your eye on um, all that stuff that's, you know, that's, that's casting, especially in the area. Um, and I, I, so, all right, so I have some more specific, I'll give you some more specific, Josh. So I would, if I, I would, if I were like looking down the lens at it, um, there's a couple of like local, Pennsylvania, local Pennsylvania and also like uh, the Hudson Valley of New York uh, casting directors that, are, there's so much now happening in both those areas. So Philadelphia is is Heary, Heary Loftus casting, Diane Heary and, and yes. Jason Loftus. Uh-huh. You all know them probably. They are amazing. In fact, they were just nominated for an Arceus Award for Mayor of East Town, East Town, Mayor of East Town, right? Mayor of East yeah, Town. yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that, yeah that's really so, good. Yeah, and um, you can like go on their website and register like as an actor, and they will not only think of you for background, but also for. Um, for principal roles, so get your stuff to them. You know your headshot and reels and stuff like that. Here, up in um, in the Hudson Valley, there's an HBG casting. It is if you get okay. it with them, and also Heidi oh. Elkind. Yeah, Heidi I, Elkind. You know, yeah. I think I heard of her. Is it upstate New York or yeah, somewhere? upstate New York, right? But close enough to Scranton that it's you know n- not far. I mean, it, Buffalo or something. We like. That's not hard to get to no, Syracuse. Hour and a half. Yeah, you can work, and, and if you're saying that you're able, willing to work as a local, meaning you're actually going to get yourself there and back, so you might not on every job actually like it's kind of hard because you might have to like invest a little bit, right? If you're like, okay, I'm going to drive to Philly and or to you know somewhere in the Hudson Valley for the day, and, and but if you get a voucher that way or even a speaking role, right? So I would register. Like, Get to know all those casting directors. You can go on their websites and like register and like send your headshot and reel, and then just follow them on on all the social media. And they're always putting up what they want. Um, the other one is I would definitely, if you haven't done it yet, Josh or anybody else out there, is um, get an account on ActorsAccess.com. Um, That's so my man. The managers and agents work through something called breakdowns. You probably heard breakdowns. So like when. Blue Blood sends out their breakdown. Like these are the people oh, okay. we need for this week. They get it to all the match through this like web portal called Breakdowns, right? And so they get all the breakdowns and they submit through this web portal. And um, you know, that's how it all works. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, like talk about that. Like a one liner on Blue Bloods will get like fifteen or one thousand five hundred, you know, agent submissions, you know, on right. it's like insane, right? So and then, you know, maybe maybe fifteen people get at the audition, maybe. Um, anyway. So um, it's like a miracle to book anything. But so what they so breakdowns has a there's the side thing called actors access and it that's pretty cheap. It's only sixty eight dollars a year. 
Um, so not bad. You put your head shut up. You put your, um, you know, your resume and everything. And then they have all kinds of casting on there. So sometimes it'll be a huge project that is like, for example, like we're shooting in Scranton and we need local people in Scranton. Submit if you can work local in Scranton. These are principal roles. And other times there'll be student films. Other times there'll be smaller, smaller productions. There'll be, um, there will be, um, uh, there's a special skill you have. A lot of times you see that on there, but in all times it's just smaller projects too. And if you're willing to like go into New York and, and work on these, some of these projects, that's the way to do it. So I definitely get actors access and it's not that expensive. So, so that's how, I mean, I'm still on it. Everybody's every, every actor I know that's working all this. I mean, I don't think George Clooney is on actors <laughs> access, but all my friends who are even regularly working actors, have an actor's access account and look at it and, you know, submit self, you can self submit. So you don't need an agent to go through those. And to be honest with you, a lot of times like agents, like I'll call my agent and be like, I just saw this thing where like someone has to, you know, on, on soft, on like speaking Hungarian now, because I've been practicing. I'm like, I don't speak Hungarian. Like that came up recently. And she's like, Oh yeah, it came out in breakdowns too. I saw it and submitted you, but then they'll also put it on actor's access because they know that some of those, you know, so actor's access, just do that. And then, you know, um, yeah, that's a lot, sorry. No, no, that's great because uh, I think a lot of uh, um, us are looking for the bigger, you know, here. But it's like if you start doing the background, if you start looking into those, uh, you know, access websites, uh, I think mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of things. And, um, and, 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 you know, like every every film is, is a stepping stone, you know, it's something else. So, yeah. But, uh, so we like to, we're going to uh, wrap it up in a, in, in a few, but uh, the last question that I always like to ask, okay, uh, you know, as you say, your career, well, your career started early, but, you know, as, a, as an actress, you know, director, writer, start a little bit, you know, in your older life, right? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give somebody or maybe, a, you know, a younger uh, Tara, you know, uh, to get uh, into... Um, I guess into 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 filmmaking or the, just this industry. What what advice would you give to someone who's just maybe watching for the first time and saying, "Wow, that was pretty pretty cool." Um, well, I would say you're so lucky right now because of this. <laughs> I mean, we are no matter we are so privileged, right? Right. That like like we, I hear that a lot, right? Like. We, if you have a cell phone, a smartphone, right, you're in, you know, the top whatever percent of the world, even, I mean, everybody, right, so we're so lucky to live in this time, and um, so I would say just start um, playing around, I mean, I don't um, TikTok or do Instagram things, but I mean, that's a whole other creative field, which is really cool, that's a whole, like, other industry and language, I don't know, but it's neat because people can be creative on there in terms of like the industry I do know, which is filmmaking, um, there have been, I mean, um, Tangerine, hugely award-winning film made all on iPhones, right? Tangerine, right. Um, that was a couple years ago, it was a, a few years ago, um, huge. Um, we shot our film, I See You Now, on Zoom. Um, you can, right? And it was, it yes. was set on Zoom, right? So we didn't try and pretend it wasn't on Zoom. There was a lot of drama in Zoom and it cost, not, it cost, exactly $14 to make that film because I had to buy the upgraded Zoom version right. <laughs> to be able to be on for more than 40 minutes. Um, 
if you have your cell phone, obviously it's not free because you have to pay for your cell phone and your service, but there's so much you can do with this, even playing around. Um, there's another thing I just, so, so obviously just so you know, most films, when you're auditioning, like now we do all of our auditions via self-tape. So you audition in horizontal. Most films you'd be filming in horizontal. However, I just shot a vertical film um, in the spring um, that I just as an experiment because vertical films are now are, are a thing. Um, they are. Because people are, and, so, and I shot a vertical film, which is actually in a film, it was like in two Italian, one Italian film festival and one festival in Prague, which is opening today, open today. Oh, so it's like playing in a Verda film, Films Festival. And it was just an experiment. I was like, I'm just going to try. I'm going to like feel myself walking. I kind of made this little essay about like, nature and walking and and um but people do creative things so like just play with it you can play with a regular film you can do a vertical film um you know you might want to get you know a little tiny microphone to get in which can, will cost like 20 bucks you know a little clip on mic if you really want to get it um a ring light costs this the ring light i use costs 15 bucks um start we're in such a great time now because the cost of entry is so low and um, just start playing around it. And you might find, oh, I really like being on camera. Oh, I really like being the one directing the camera. Oh, I really like doing the editing afterwards. Oh, I really like putting music on. Oh, I really like doing all of them. You just find what you like, and you can find what you like through this film because through this device. Um, and so, you know, just just, just experiment. Every, even if you said, I had a friend who set herself a goal a couple years ago, she was going to make a mini film every single day for 365 days. At the end of it, she learned so much. Sometimes it was just her face, like, looking around. But she learned, right? What does her face look like? What does that particular light feel like? Set yourself a little goal. Make, I don't know, 10 mini films. And then see what you like. And you might go, oh, I really love that. I really don't. I'm like, this part of it. But there's almost like, yeah, you're really such in a lucky time to be able to just have fun and experiment on this now and, and find out what, what you like. Uh, that's perfect. That's that's great advice. Uh, so we're gonna leave everyone with that. Uh, Desiree is gonna close out our program, uh, and at the end, I am going to show those two trailers again, and then uh, our graphic uh, with uh, uh, Tara's information. Right. So yeah, we want to thank everyone for joining us tonight and for our grand talks with Tara Gadomski. It was such a wonderful inspiring conversation we have wonderful events coming up we try to do scrant talks at least once a month yes so be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram to stay up to date and subscribe to our youtube channel because you'll see these talks again on our youtube channel once we get them uploaded and we have a podcast we're on apple Podcasts and spotify where we put back the interviews in a more later time frame so we keep just going up once a month and that the Independent Film Creative Hub is for you. It is here to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. Be sure to visit www.ourcreativehub.com and join our directory. It's free to sign up, so people are on there already. You can yes. If you're looking for a director or editor. Before you end, what's today's date, Desiree? Today's the 22nd. Oh, that just reminded me of something. Uh, let me put it up there. Mystery Box Film Challenge. Uh, yeah. What's going on, guys? We got a few yeah, submissions. We'll be working on them, but the late deadline is November 30th, and that's it. Guys and girls, I should say, uh, start submitting your films. Uh, I think, what is it, like a couple days? Uh, I know that. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up, so I mean, you can make a film about that. You know, like. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They so much fun to watch. Um, the, I guess it was last last year, earlier this year. I can't yes. They, yeah. They were congratulations to everybody who submitted one because they were really creative and fun to watch. And it's such a great idea. And I just want to say too, hearing you, the two of you talk about everything that you do, that's another thing too. Like it's, I'm not just saying this because you two are like, Amazing. You know, when I grew up first kids, like we didn't have, like I said, like there wasn't anything like a film. We had, and this is old school scrants and people will know that championship season came when I was very little and everybody was a background on it. That was the only experience anyone had any idea with film. There was no filmmaking group. I mean, that I had heard of it. There was no, um, it's just wonderful that you have this out there and that you're giving people opportunities to make things and present it. So well done. That's really awesome. Yeah. Just think of how many kids like are doing it. That's really cool that you're kind of getting inspiring. Well, thank you. No, that's very exciting. And uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, we just continue to do more and uh, continue to develop relationships. And uh, I guess we're going to leave you with that. Sorry, uh, Desiree, uh, I have to put in that mystery box, everyone. Come on. Like, don't tell them how many, you know, don't tell them how many because, <laughs> because we're excited to see your films. You're working on them. Yeah, I know you have to finish uh, editing your film. <laughs> get on it uh, but we have had submissions from uh, you know upstate New York and a couple others so uh, we gotta show them that local that's where it's at okay so uh, don't forget but anyway thank you so much for having us and uh, everyone have a good night we'll, and a happy great holiday everybody. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving uh, and we're going to be showing those two trailers so Thank you again, uh, Tara. Uh, we really Thank appreciate you. your your time and making this uh, happen for us. Thank you. Thank you very much, both of you. Thank you. And thank you for joining on this episode of our Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. And be sure to check out our next episode, which is the last episode of our first season, where we chat with director, cinematographer, key grip, and filmmaker Zach Wilcox. Zach is an upstate New York born and raised filmmaker who brings the sensibilities of small town life into his filmmaking after an extensive career as a crew member on countless indie features, commercials, television, and music videos. He has honed his skills in the technical aspects of streamlined indie filmmaking. His first feature film as writer, director, producer, Hunting Lands is a slow burn suspense drama that uses very little in the way of dialogue and lets the imagery of the snowy north tell the tale. A career in filmmaking as a director, cinematographer, gaffer, key grip, location, sound mixer, and producer has made for an interesting background of expertise. A love of the process and the storytelling of motion picture is a strong driving factor in his life. And we had such a wonderful, fun time talking with Zach. It was five days before Christmas, so it was even more fun to close out 2021. So be sure to check out that episode. And be sure to follow the Independent Film Creative Hub on our Facebook page and Instagram to stay up to date on what we're doing. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel where all our Scott and Talks interviews, when they air live on Facebook, they live on the YouTube. So if you want to check out any of our previous interviews, you can go there. And if you are more than happy to, if you're interested in being interviewed on one of our Scranton Talks, feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can to set up a good date and time of when you would like to be on our show. And be sure to watch, uh, be sure to check out our website, www.ourcreativehub.com. 
it's free for you. It's free to sign up to our directory as well. And I'm so glad you guys can join us for another episode of Scranton Talks. And we hope to see you again soon.